this sounds like persona music, but bad, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode 82 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we are talking about the music of the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy. This was an episode we've been mulling about for a while, and instead of trying to choose which of the 13 games, we figured let's just do an episode about all three, because there is a ton of music across these three games to talk about. So here we are. That's what we're talking about. So joining me today to talk about all three of these games is um, is my co-hosts, are my co-hosts. Um, so we have Peter Treisenberg is here. Hello, everybody. Along with Audra Bowling returning again. Hiya. And also we have Wes Ilaf here. Hey, everybody. I'm happy to have all of you. I know at least two of you are, I believe, not to speak for everyone on the site, but probably are biggest or at least some of our biggest Final Fantasy 13 fans. Yeah, I like I like these games just fine. <laughs> Ardent defenders if nothing else. They're pretty fun. I'm somewhere in there. It depends on which game we're talking about. They are at their best very very interesting. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um I I have some notes that I was going to talk about specifically on 13 on a certain track, so I'll get to that later, but like for me, I like parts of 13. I pretty much universally like 13 too. I don't know why, like something about what they did with the sequel. I love that so much. It's the only game. It's the only game I have a platinum trophy on because I just, I decided I needed to do it. Um, (laughs) That's impressive. I love, love it so much. Um, Especially the way it ends, um, which anyone who hasn't played it, I won't talk about. Like, I know that really annoys a lot of people. Um, I, I don't normally give people credit for just a shocking ending, but um, that one got me. I liked it that they yeah, had they landed that one that they had the guts to do what they did with it. So I I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I can. I I, I I'm with gutsy. You on that one. Yeah, and then I have a weird relationship with the third game because I don't know how much I like it, but I also couldn't put it down. So I like it, but it's very very strange. I, I will complain about Lightning Returns' ending until I am blue in the face, but it was a very fun video game, even if I was worried for a time it was going to cause my PS3 to self-destruct. <laughs> I loved a lot of the gameplay in Lightning Returns, but you put a time limit on anything, even if it's the most generous time limit in the world, and I start stressing. Yes. And to be fair, it was a very generous time limit. Yeah, extremely so. That's nice like, almost unlosably so. Limits. Yeah, I was gonna say the original 13 is a game I have really fond memories of because I got it around launch um, with a PS3. It was the first game I played that was like on like a big shiny high definition console. And so I kind of had that association with it, you know, where it's like this is what next gen gaming looks like. And it still looks great. Like to this day, Final Fantasy 13 is a beautiful game with striking art direction and gorgeous music, which we'll be talking about some. And and it is and it, it and I don't think there's been a game that looks quite like it ever since. Yeah, it's got a strong enough sense of style that it's barely aged. I'm playing it right now, and it looks great. What are you playing it on? PS3, actually. Oh, so you're playing the original? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair I enough. mean, it, it holds up. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned my favorite is the is the second game, so what about everyone else? I'd say my favorite of the three is probably still the first one. Um, I did, I don't know if, I don't think it's on the new site right now, but back when we did a big Final Fantasy feature, I wrote a deep dive on that game's development, and while I do, and I, and I, and I 
I think I have a newfound appreciation for the game after writing that article where I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of problems along the way, and it's kind of amazing this came out as coherent as it did. Um, <laughs> Hold on, are you talking about 13 or 15? Yeah, about 13. 13. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, both of them. But um, but 13 specifically in this case. Yeah. I'd probably say the first game is my favorite, and then I like the two sequels, actually, to an extent. <laughs> 13.2 is is by far my favorite. Uh, it took a lot of the things about like the weapon systems in the first game and some of the progression systems and tightened them up. And it has just one of the most bonkers soundtracks in Final Fantasy history. And I'm I don't know that wins me over. Yeah, definitely. I think so much of the like overall like narrative like gets introduced in the second one and it carries through to the third. So like the second and third ones feel more coherent, sort of with each other. Um, I guess they're kind of like the Matrix uh, <laughs> sequels. That's, that's like, a good way of putting this, it. There's Incredibly this game apt. That, yeah, like the first game is fine. Like it's it could be standalone. And then they decided to do these two sequels that lead into each other. And like all these major characters in the second ones are never even, it's not even a thing in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. If if they hadn't, and I, and I know we're not even here talking about the game, but if they hadn't sort of butchered some of those characters' stories in the third game, like I don't know why they decided to take their stories where they did. I think I would have liked it more. Uh, Yeah. Caius, Noel, Snow. Well, I didn't have good, strong feelings about Snow anyway, but they they, they, they still left her and Autumn. It had Lumina. I liked Lumina. I like Lumina. I do. Like, it's not even that I don't like the game. I just, I guess it's not all about Noel, but I do. I understood what they were doing with Noel and his relationship with Yule and Sarah and everything. And for some reason, all of that was thrown out in the third game. And yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Cause I'm, it's like, I don't think you understood this relationship here. Other than that, I don't mind it. Remember when Vanil got elected Pope? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Also, also that happened. I had forgotten about that. And it honestly <laughs> took me aback just there. I, I reacted like I'd been punched for a second. Yeah. There. Um, I, I always forget about it until, Actually, until planning for this episode, because I was going through the Lightning Return soundtrack, and there's a song called, like, The Cathedral or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that weird cathedral with Vanille and whatever all that was. Yeah, that was weird. Um, Anyway, I guess we could talk about some music, though. Yeah, music time. So I've mentioned before that we have this database uh, on the site here about, like, what songs we have and haven't had on. And somehow we've had very little Final Fantasy thirteen. I know in the past we've had several tracks from 13.2, which I can at least take credit for some of them because for a while there I was always trying to bring the the soundtrack on here. Oh, sorry. But I'm happy I'm happy today that we have several songs from 13 that we've never had on the show before. Ooh. So half of our track list today is from the first game. Awesome. Yeah. So, and we are starting with Wes. You have our first track today. I have chosen uh, the main theme of Final Fantasy 13, the one that plays in the title screen, and that is The Promise. And then after that, Peter, you have our second song of the day. Yep, and uh, I've also picked kind of an iconic song from the game. It's Blinded by Light, which is the main battle theme from Final Fantasy 13. I remember when you picked that, where you, I think you were kind of stunned that it had never been on the show before. <laughs> I, I was, was and, and, and it was... I was afraid to pick it. I thought it would be too obvious. That was the thing. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, this is too obvious a pick. So clearly someone else is going to do it. And then when no one did, I was like, well, I guess it's got to be me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go listen to The Promise and Blinded by Light.
it's interesting for a few reasons. Uh, for one, it's uh, pure instrumental. It's not there aren't any synthesizers used in it, which you know FF13 uses synthesizers to great effect. Uh, but this one is like this this low key melancholy version of this track, um, and you can you can listen to it and feel like this mix of hopefulness and absolute sadness, like this melancholy that runs underneath it. Um, but the the second thing that makes it so interesting is that the um, the the themes the through lines of, of this song are used throughout the rest of the music out throughout the entire trilogy uh most noteworthily most noteworthily in uh sarah's theme and in the sunleth waterscape um, might be the two biggest and yeah that that theme is not only used in the way that it's used in the intro here to give that little bit of sense of almost melancholy but it's amped up things like the sunleth waterscape are like big poppy bouncy songs that kind of get you moving um and it's it's a versatile track that can be used kind of however you want and give a through line I, I love games that use repeated themes as a through line throughout the entire series oh yeah absolutely this is one of my favorite pieces of music in the whole game too like uh it sets it sets a mood right out of the gate um i love piano music in general so it's just nice having like a soft piano theme to open the whole story with but I also like that connection to the story, how it kind of connects with Sarah and her relationship to both lightning and to snow. Um, you know, they made the promise like to save her, the promise like that they were going to get that snow and her were going to get married, like things like that. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's a really, really thematically rich piece of music. Mm -hmm. The way it connects to so many things is just brilliant. I also like when the strings kick in too, it adds like a little bit more like layers to the song. Um, so it's not just like, so it's like after a while it starts to feel like, like you're being drawn in, drawn into the experience as you're getting ready to start the game, you know? Yeah, it goes from almost sleepy to sweeping in mm -hmm. <laughs> just a couple Ooh. of moments as those kick in. Yeah, totally, totally. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's impressive. I think it, yeah. it makes a really strong statement, like right off the bat, because, and I don't remember exactly what people's sentiments were, you know, in, in 2010 about this game and the music, but... It's it's only the second game in the mainline series where they started you know, do, using different composers. So I don't recall exactly if there was like some kind of hesitation. It's like, oh, it's like it's a Final Fantasy game without Oimatsu. Um, I imagine there was some of it. I think so. Yeah, I feel like once once you you get introduced to the game with this and some other songs, it's very easy to be like, oh. Yeah, this is going to be all right. Yeah, I feel like we—I feel like people would have time to get used to Uematsu not being involved, especially since Hamuzu did have a little bit of past experience with the series by that point. True, but I mean, he was doing—he did everything up through eleven. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, I hear you. But even in even in ten, like ten had a, had a couple co-composers, including Hamuzu. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? That's true. That's true. So I don't know. I I think I'll I'll spare anyone from like my thoughts about thirteen in general, but I. I'll just say that I have mixed feelings on parts of it. I think it comes together by the end, although I think for a lot of people it takes too long to get to that point. So a lot, not everyone knows that or it gets too gets far enough to see, oh, this is what they're doing. The reason I'm such a big fan of these 13 games is because I'm a sucker for games that have uh, more ambition than ability to execute necessarily. <laughs> uh, and that totally defines fair. In series to a T. And, and I just like saying, okay, what? how did they think outside the box this time? Which 13 absolutely does, especially within mm -hmm. the series. That's true. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, and this is, this is kind of getting... Oh, this is less about the music and more about 13 in general. But, like, I... 
really appreciate. This is the their obviously their team kind of reminds me of Xenogears' second disc, if that makes sense. Where they, <laughs> yeah. they had they, they had two choices, right? We could not tell as much of our epic grand narrative and really focus on finishing the game, or we can not we can tell our whole story and the game is kind of i don't want to say truncated but it's like you know much ado has been said about how linear the game is how there isn't a lot of side content except for like one of the very last areas things like that but we're going to take what we have and polish it to a mere sheen and that's kind of what 13 is it is a guided tour through this epic sci-fi story that they want to tell yeah i think that's a good i think that's a good comparison yeah i appreciate what they did there i think again the the design of the areas like the linearity part like i don't love but i'm i'm glad i played it in the end because of how it ended up um Mm -hmm. but i only the only reason i even want to get into that mention is because like the game itself i i have different feelings on but i've never had any doubts about the music because Mm -hmm. i know the music is awesome it's just amazing you know all of them really but like there's just so, so much here. I, I think I've listened to these, the first two games especially, um, soundtracks more than a lot of Final Fantasies. Can I see into Blinded by Light here for a sec? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I mean, like, we were, you know, we're talking about, like, right away, like, the music is one of the things about Final Fantasy thirteen that stands out so much. And I, I in my opinion, um, Blinded by Light is one of the best battle themes in the entire Final Fantasy series. Um, it has this perfect interplay of strings and percussion with this kind of like synth rock sound effect thing going on. Like, you know, the, the thing it opens with the dun, 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 dun. And it's like, like a, almost like a, I don't know if it's a snare drum or what, but it really fits the world of Cocoon uh, in terms of how upbeat it is. It's high tempo. It's exciting. It uses one of the, the main motif of the series. And, um, it's a battle theme you'll never get tired of, which I think is important because you're going to be hearing a lot of it. Um, it's got just the right amount of buildup before the main motif kicks in, so battles don't feel like they're too in your face. <laughs> yes. But it, but it's also not too brief that you don't get to hear the good part of the song before you win, which can be another problem with JRPG battle themes. Because um, there's a lot of JRPG themes that start off too low tempo. Um I believe that Blinded by Light was actually one of the first songs written for the game because it was in a lot of the early promotional material, and it shows. Um, and I think I think this is this that is a good thing because it creates a strong core identity for the game going forward. And this motif does appear a lot. It appears actually very early on in the soundtrack during in Defiers of Fate, which plays during one of the opening cutscenes when they're you know when they're breaking out of the train. Um, so yeah, Blinded by Light is like one of my favorite video game songs ever. I mean, I'm I'm with you on it being a favorite battle theme. I, I don't. Yeah. I'd have to really sit down and think about my favorite in the whole series, but it's very. I think I can comfortably say it's within at least the top three or four. The second it started playing, when I was replaying the game, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like top two for me. Uh, there's there's at least one really good battle theme in Final Fantasy 15, which might get me some flack, but oh yes, <laughs> is it is it stand your ground? I mean, it might be yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's, I, I, it's I like all good. those songs too. Okay, we're we're not we're not here to talk about 15, okay. but I'll, yep. I'll no, no 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 no, but but I'm going to for just a second. Like, <laughs> if anyone gives you flack about liking um, any of Shimomura's music for 15, they're wrong. So Absolutely. don't worry. Yes, you're not gonna get that here. That's another one. Like. The, the, 
again, a lot of people are like, eh, I'm not sure about the game or some people love it or some people don't, but you can't deny those that soundtrack. But yeah, I mean, Blinded by Light is I, absolutely iconic. Like there's nothing, there's no battle theme in the series quite like it. No, for sure. It, it's, it's rare that you get a battle theme in a JRPG where it starts playing and you're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, especially since, as you said, it starts a little bit slower and it builds up, but even that buildup mm-hmm. is really great. That buildup. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, because it opens with that. Dun, dun, dun. Like it's so exciting. Like you're just getting pumped. I don't, I don't know if it was composed with this in mind, um, but it, I almost wonder if it was because it sort of works with the way the game's battle system works. Because when you first get into battle, there is like this moment you're like, okay, well, I got to figure out what you strategize a little bit. Like, I'm going to do this for this. And it kind of works along with like as you get going and figure out what you're doing, it's really motivating as you Mm -hmm. get into the battles. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for the rhythm and flow of combat in 13, how it is very musical in a sense. Like, you are sort of adapting to the situation with your paradigm shifts, and there is a flow to it that feels really good, and the music really assists with that. I think so. I like that. That probably also explains why it's one of my highest uh, scores in theater rhythm of all of my Final Fantasy (laughs) songs. I'm fairly good at this one. So. Mm-hmm. Also, it's been a few months since I said it. So, hey, if anyone from Square is listening, that uh, Theater Rhythm arcade game, your All-Star Carnival, can you put that on console, please? Thank you. Please. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> yes, anything. I don't care. Just, like, get it, release it in the West somewhere that we you know, can the play mon- it. The monkey's paw is going to curl and they're going to turn it into a gotcha game, but... <laughs> no. I, I Why must you speak this into existence? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to curse it, but... I mean, they, I mean, they already did it. The choke, the chocobo game broke. The chocobo racing game broke my heart. So, <laughs> I mean, they they did it with the first. The first theater of them was on uh, mobile, or at least on iOS, yeah. and I no, actually sure. liked it because one thing I didn't, I wasn't crazy about the first one, just because like over time the resolution of the 3DS was like, well, it was low resolution. So I'm like, yeah. it's the same game but high res on my phone. It has a better touch screen than the 3DS did. Um, Except the game came with like four songs and everything else was a separate purchase, which overall not too bad because like, unless you try to buy every single song, you were probably not paying any more than you were for the cartridge. So it, it was kind of a good trade off. Um, of course, the drawback, the real drawback, of course, was when I was like, you know, I haven't played that in a while. And I opened up on my phone and it no longer worked. Um, Rip. Yep. So lesson learned. Anyway, that's enough tangents, I guess. I guess we should ashes get to back ashes, on. dust to dust. <laughs> almost, almost. Good segue, though. <laughs> I'm um, trying. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our, our next block here is the, our other two Final Fantasy 13 songs. And Audra, you're introducing or you're starting our next block. Ooh, my choice is Thames theme. That is a great choice. And then mine, which is somewhat connected, is Dust to Dust, which was a song that I. Ch- took about i don't know one or two seconds to choose when we planned this episode (laughs) so yeah let's go listen to fang's theme and dust to dust Thank you. 
One of the things I loved about the FF13 soundtrack is that so many of the characters have specialized theme songs and that I felt like they really fit for the character and their development over the course of the game. And Fane's theme just, she's an amazing character for starters and it kind of just stands out. It captures a lot of her personality and her strength and confidence and there's a sense of freedom in the sweeping instrumentation. And then. There's an underlying current of something else there 
that I think just fits really great with the subtext of her plot with Vanille. And it's just, mm, it, yeah. it's a great character theme, I thought. It is. I love this character. Um, and I like this song a lot. It um, it really suits Fang's determination mm-hmm. and her kind of like devil-may-care attitude. Yes. Um, how she's like, just, I'm going to save my girlfriend. It's canon, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but it's also, I really like the soaring strings and the kind of plinkety-plonky piano they've got there because it gives it cohesion with the rest of 13th score, which is an issue I have with a couple of the other character themes, like Snow's theme being this weird low-tempo butt rock doesn't really fit, I don't think. If it's Snow. It kind I mean, of fits Snow. Cause snow <laughs> if it's Snow, because Snow is an idiot, but... Um, <laughs> um, uh, this, we're, we're, this, is, this, is not a, this is not a deep cut or a hot take. Um, snow <laughs> is an idiot. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, but but Fang's theme in particular really fits um, uh, Thirteen's score, and it also fits that um, she's kind of the dragoon of the party. Yes, too. It, this oh, feels yeah. like, captures yeah. that well. Mm-hmm. It feels like a Kane High Wind song. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, and there's even a Distant Worlds version, which is great. Ooh, I need to track that now. To me, it feels like the most high adventure song in FF13 soundtrack. Like it's, yes. it feels the most like oh, we're going and exploring. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of like freedom and adventure to it. Yeah, yeah, which I agree that like definitely fits Fang, I think more than anyone in the cast. So that works. We mentioned this off 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 recording, but I really wish that Fang got a little more to do after thirteen. Because I mean, okay, I do too. There's reasons. There's reasons why she's not in thirteen too. But yeah. <laughs> Lightning Returns, they had no excuse. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I don't I don't know what they were doing with some of the characters in Lightning Returns. Like I don't e- I mean I don't remember why she's even there. Like it's nice to see her, but I'm like she probably shouldn't be here. Aren't you Aren't you busy? Like I don't know. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. No, so I, I would I would have been okay if they left her, gave her more to do, or just like don't bring her back in this weird way. Mm-hmm. I also would have been okay if they didn't have didn't bring Snow back, but. That's another, yeah. Admittedly, I kind of like his design in Lightning Returns, but you know what? It's funny of all the character like side stories that get wrapped up. I think he's not my least favorite. The way they wrapped him up, but I also had a low bar for that. So I, I will. <laughs> I was taking a beating today. I know. I want. I want to feel bad, but I don't. I like. I love you, Troy Baker, but uh, but yeah. You know, <laughs> one of my favorite little scenes in thirteen two is the one part where Snow shows up. Um, Snow, who, by the way, is in love with Sarah and they're going to get married, which is the whole, his whole thing in the first game, is, by the way, not around in the second one. Um, so I have a very hard time believing that relationship. Um, and there, there's this part, I don't remember the dialogue or exactly what happens, but when you bump into Snow and like Noel's there and he's like looking, it's like, wait, you, you're engaged? You guys are engaged? Like, this is like, he just has this look on his face and like, that's my look. That's how I look at that relationship. I'm like, he gets it. No one gets it. Especially considering, like, I mean, like, Snow looks like a hobo in 13 (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And he's just, he's just there. It's weird. He, like, shows up, contributes nothing, and then leaves. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go take care of this. See you later. Enjoy your flan. I didn't really help the discussion about Fang's theme, but, yeah, sorry about that. I like what everyone else said, though. Apparently, I'm just here to badmouth snow. That's valid. This is yeah, this is now badmouth. This is now badmouth snow encounter. I would okay. A little back on topic though. What I would like, um, I would love for them to have this great 
female dragoon character that doesn't get sidelined because somehow that happened in 13 and in 15. Oh, yes. God, don't remind oh, me. Well, I I, she's so cool. Yeah, I mean, she seems cool. I mean, that's the thing. It's like everyone mm-hmm. says, like, oh, she's cool. She's, I'm like, I don't know that she is because we didn't get a chance. I would she's like to. got all to, this though. potential, though. Yes, I want yeah. to see. She was, RNA was going to have her own DLC episode that got canceled, and yeah. I'm still butthurt about that. Yeah. Now, now it's relegated to the book sitting on my shelf. And the book is terrible. Yeah, it's not, it's I reviewed not it. the best. I reviewed it book. for the site. You can read it, how bad it is. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the book that has, like, you know, gameplay descriptions or something. Yeah, God. Like,. Uh, and Luna uh, doesn't know how to use a cell phone. Luna does. L- 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 Luna does not know what a cell phone is in this universe that has cars mm-hmm. and motorcycles and presumably internet access. Hmm. Interesting. If they if they have cell phone, uh, never mind. You know what? No, no. I'm not, <laughs> I know. I'm not, I know. I'm not digging this one. There's up so many rabbit holes to find. It's so easy. Yeah. The the, uh, the the book only makes it worse. All right. Um let's talk about something we we why well, presume we like um is Dust to Dust. Um like I said this was this was the first song I chose when we picked this or picked this topic because it is it's my favorite song of all three games. And there's a lot of good songs in these three games, but this is has been my favorite since I played the first game. And I don't remember exactly how much they talk about it, but I feel like Ereba has talked about a lot. Like at least once you start meeting Fang and Vanille, because that's where they come from. And you know, you hear about it for so long over the game. So like you get this impression in your head, like it's just like a legendary place. It's like just this beautiful place that they came from. And um and then you you get there and you see it and it's beautiful, but it's not it's not beautiful or interesting for probably any of the reasons you're expecting it to be at that point. And again, if if I have the wrong perception because it's been twelve years, but this is how I remember it. Um, because there's nothing there. It's it's just it's barren and deserted, and it's just like filled with this like crystal sand everywhere. And this song, I just feel like it so captures that feeling. Um, like you set foot in this town and this song is beautiful and haunting and melancholy. And I just, just the visual and everything about the town, I think is represented in the song because there's this, it's like this longing for what used to be here, but it's not, it's not what you get a lot of times in that kind of setting. Like when you think of like a rundown town or whatever, you think of like just dark and grays and like, no, this is like, it's bright. It's on the beach, it's sunny and like gorgeous but just dead yeah you know i i didn't remember when this played until you started describing it now i remember that moment because yeah um and it and and my notes here is that it's ethereal and beautiful um it really suits the vibe of final fantasy 13 with that those vocals and kind of the softer chord progression um and I do really like the background noise that they kind of add in at around a minute 30, like that adds, gives the song additional layers and texture. Um, but yeah, and thematically too, um, 13 is very big. 13's world, despite its beautiful veneer, has this undercurrent of harshness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's really exemplified when you get to Vanille and Fang's home, because this is like, what is it? The, they're like all seeth. That like I I don't remember exactly the context, but basically this yeah, it's is very like, seafilled. Yeah, it's it's like this is this is this is sort of like the the this is getting to the point in the story where we're going to be where the characters are getting to the end of their journey, and this is the fate that they're faced with if right. they fail, and it really drives home the point. And but at the same time, like with like with the crystal statues that they have when people fulfill their focus, um, 
it, even though this is it, there is still beauty to be found in it like it is it's like looking at it's like looking at this it's like this necropolis you know what it strikes me i think the thing that hits me the most is that between like the desolation that you find there and the music being this kind of soft ethereal um semi-hopeless feel like that it would fit right in with a near game like it's it's just it, oh it does, does. sound like yes. a near song yeah. <laughs> it's such a good fit that's true yoko taro was like lurking in the dev office <laughs> one day and was like i have an idea <laughs> it, it gives you such a sense of place and like it's one of those things that absolutely heightens where you are at the time it, it heightens the area that you're in um rather yeah. than just kind of blending with it, it it you feel it a little bit more with that music yeah yeah, definitely. Like, I know there's a lot, there's a lot of things in that first game I'm sure I've forgotten about at this point, but that, that feeling in the visuals and the sound, like that is still, it's really stuck with me since I played this game the first time. So yes, I have strong feelings about that one. It's a great choice. Yeah. It's an pick. incredible choice. I think Thank very, you. very haunting. I never, it's weird. Cause like when I played that, I had not played near and of course, you know, automata wasn't out yet but now looking back like yes i actually can see that that is a similar thing that the okabe does with near sometimes you know there's something there could be something to be said about how 13 captures a sense of isolation because there's no npcs Mm -hmm. um and your party is kind of meant to be outcasts from society that like can't interact with higher society so Mm -hmm. when you get down to the to pulse itself and it's this untamed wilderness well ideally this would have been your first encounter with the locals but even then there's nothing for them yeah they don't it's kind of this chase story yeah and slowing down could sacrifice some of that so i can see what they were going for if if nothing else and i don't know how much again again like just based on my own like research into the game's development i'm not a hundred percent sure how much of that was intentional but it does manage to create an effect Mm -hmm. yeah all right so let's i forget yeah, I should have wrote this down before we started. Um, Thirteen two came out a couple years later, or thereabouts. So we'll fast yeah, forward a couple years. Twenty twelve fights fights an old guy and, and an orphan or something. Um, and now now we get to the sequel. So our next block here is all thirteen two, starting with uh, you, Peter. Yeah. So my song for this one is "Planes of Eternity," the field version from Final Fantasy Thirteen two. Excellent. And Wes. If I'm here, you know things are going to get weird at least once. So I picked Worlds Collide from Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. I'm I'm happy about that. There is some. It's a good there song. Some w- weird and Wonderful. interesting tracks in thirteen too. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's go listen to Planes of Eternity and Worlds Collide.
forces must break. This is the path I must take. My destiny may change your fate. The pain my heart feels is my strength. of eternity is a great piece of music um this song is just a bop like like if there's like i always envision like that meme of like the the cat that's like head banging in front of like a neon screen or whatever (laughs) like this if ever if ever a song needed to be set to that image it is this song i love how it opens with like the dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. I really enjoy how 13.2 got a bunch of guest musicians to add variety to the soundtrack um, because it accomplishes that. It makes each area feel distinct um, and gives the soundtrack as a whole a really unique identity that you don't really see often else. Because while this is light, bubbly J-pop music, which is not an uncommon thing to find in your in your Japanese RPGs, you know, your ateliers and you're like kind of the more anime schoolgirl side of things. This score still manages to be an appropriate mood setter. Like this plays, and if I recall correctly, this plays in one of the big field areas that you get to explore, which they were really dead set on showing in 13.2 because they really wanted to show people, hey guys, it's not linear anymore. We have open (laughs) zones and side quests and things to do in this game. Um, And this song, manages to be good background noise for that it manages to make you want to explore but i'm just i never get tired of this beat i really like the lyrics i think they're catchy and upbeat and somehow still appropriate to the universe nothing else sounds like 13 soundtrack 
despite how eclectic it is and varied it is, somehow it manages to work. And there is some kind of sorcery on, <laughs> on these CDs to make that a comp work. But yeah, I love Planes of Eternity. It's on one of my daily Spotify rotations, and I do not care. No, I mean, it's, it's I am pretty sure great. it's great for that. I mean, it's really it's really solid, like, exploration music. That bass line is amazing. I would listen to it on the drive to work. Yeah. Non-stop, <laughs> oh, <totally. laughs> Makes you feel like a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, there's that that intro, that 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 just little bit of uh, uh, the intro synth hits or, or orchestra hits or whatever they are. Um, those like sell the entire song to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are what what instantly make me feel like, okay, I'm getting moving now, aren't I? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of like with Blinded by Light, how it's those opening beats that get you hooked, um, and it makes you ready to continue like doing what you're doing, which in that case was battling. In this case, it really does kind of like set the tone for like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna go on an adventure. Yes, it's just catchy. And there's two versions of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the aggressive mix, which is when like I think when enemies spot you or when those time vortex things show up if i recall correctly right i'd love that they did that too i mean it's not like no other game does that like some games have like really um adapt adaptable music and stuff um but i like that because in games where you have like enemies on the field and stuff like when you switch sometimes like you just cut you just cut immediately to a battle theme but i like that they have these two variants on the main theme so you're still hearing the same song but it changes the mood so Mm-hmm. I appreciate that a lot. The the fact that Final Fantasy thirteen two has so many of these like kind of more adventurous, upbeat, poppy songs really speaks to the difference in tone between thirteen and thirteen two. Because it's a lot more of an adventure. It's a lot more of like it's not always upbeat, but it feels more upbeat because yeah. the characters aren't so uh down. They and aren't down bogged down <laughs> by everything. Yeah, yeah. This, this isn't like the light the life or death stakes that thirteen establishes. Like there are stakes but they don't really but it's not like the driving focus of the story yeah i guess it's another when you com- look at it like that like it's it's another kind of comparison to what they did with 10 and 10 too um which to In different way, effect yeah. uh because they they also changed the tone of 10 too because you don't want to follow up whatever you do like you don't want to follow up and have the exact same kind of tone or story because i think people would have liked that maybe even less than they like 10 too now so I appreciate that they changed it. Sometimes you have to consider that into an account where it's like, I feel like, you know, they've been threatening to make a 10-3 for a long uh, time now. And I, yes. at this point, I am like, I don't know what the point of doing that would be. And I feel like if you're going to go and make it like another darkly serious, like people have been saying, oh, it was going to be a prequel with Braska and Oren and Jack. And I'm like, how would that be good? Yeah. We know where how that story ends. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... Also, I feel like they covered that plenty in the first game. You don't need yeah, to turn you, that to a whole game. Like, you know what happened. Yeah, you basically chronicle their whole journey by finding the spheres. Yeah. So it's like there's there's something to be said for Ten-2's change and shift, where it's like, sure, it's it might be jarring, and it is definitely different, but there's nothing else like it, and you can't say it's not more memorable for it. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of where I'm at with 13-2. It's like, okay, this is this is very different in tone from the first game, but it also manages to carve its own identity in the process. And, and nowhere is that more apparent than with the music. And I will say, even though it's not on this, I think it's on a prior episode. I'm going to, I'll figure it out after this and put it in the show notes, but um, whatever. We're not here to talk about my song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will say, though, it's somewhere in here, uh, if you like 13-2's music, go find 
every version you can of Noel's theme and yes. also listen to that. The, the Kokia one is so good. But first, you should listen to Worlds Collide and Wes will tell you why. So I'm, I'm a sucker for total dissonance, let's say. And I think Worlds Collide <laughs> <laughs> really nails that. That's A+. Plus. <laughs> it's used to effect, you know, because it's primarily used... Um, during boss fights when, you know, paradoxes are, are really ramping up. The first fight is against a paradox alpha. Um, so it's it takes the sharp left turn from the music you're hearing the rest of the game into kind of like this pseudo hip-hop synth pop uh, song. And it, it, it has something that I love in almost every song for Japanese media with English lyrics in that the lyrics are so earnest and so straightforward. <laughs> Um, regardless of the tone of the song, they are. It is the heart is on the sleeve. The lyrics are dead on uh, with what's going on, and, and occasionally using turns of phrases that aren't really common in you know native English speaking uh, songs. Um, but that tonal dissonance really adds to like how you're supposed to feel during the boss fights when this plays. It's it's meant to be jarring. It's meant to be something completely different. And honestly, it's it's thoroughly danceable. As weird as it is, as awkward as the vocals might might hit some people. It's it really hits you know a, a nice little groove and then partway through it it sweeps in you know more orchestral sounds and makes it feel like a proper boss fight song in addition to the uh, the weird you know hip hop mashup that it was doing before. Um, I'm I'm such a sucker for for oddities like this and soundtracks. I mean, you must. I know we're not talking about it today, but like you must love some of the songs on Xenoblade X. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, you I have, no I, idea mean, how much I have an idea for that. I have an idea because this this one kind of reminds me of some of those, and I just they're I like them for the same reasons. It's just a great song. It like I remember, and this song gets a lot of hate, and I remember because this song was yeah, the, the boss fight where they play is against the giant floating hand. Uh, that is attached to the giant or whatever. It um that that was one of the f- boss fights in the demo version yeah. of thirteen two. So it was actually one of our first introductions to this game. And I remember people going like, "What the hell is this?" Like, um, but in all honesty, it is extremely groovy and probably the most electronic song we featured on this podcast yet. Which actually is kind of fits the sort of techno futurist world of the thirteen games. Um, having this more synthetic hip-hop type music. It sounds like bad persona music. Like, and, and, but in and a good I'm not way. Saying, but in with a all good the love way. of the world. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, I say that I say this with love in my heart because like Persona had Persona managed to carve out a very unique musical identity for itself. And this I sort of feel like is like if not like banking on that, it definitely hits that sort of like, wow, this is like a JRPG battle theme that's like a hip hop synth song and it's awesome yeah well i i appreciate you expressing your love of tonal dissonance today today was anytime <laughs> all right when are we doing that xenoblade x episode you know i'll be there yeah i mean i'm sure i actually don't know why we haven't done it yet um all right our last two songs today are from lightning returns so i picked i forgot that the song is even called this until i chose it but i picked death game and then our second track will be... Actually, Lightning what? Returns. Audra, yes. Audra, what is your Lightning Returns song? Lightning Returns. No, no, but what's the song name? That is it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, from Lightning Returns, we have Death Game. And also from Lightning Returns, we have Lightning Returns. They wanted you to know she came back.
So, uh, thankfully, over the break, someone reminded me of where this played because I do not remember where Death Game plays, but apparently it's when you're trying to find Noel or chasing Noel through one of the cities in Lightning Returns. Um, so even though I don't remember the context, which is weird because it's the game I played the most recent, I do love this weird sound or this weird song. Um, it just in a soundtrack that's just completely full of like weird, unique and eclectic sounds. I think this is still unique. I can't think of another song on here that was even in this wheelhouse at all um, because Lightning Returns has this extensive soundtrack of its own but also it reuses songs in the game um, and then even reinterprets them on the soundtrack. Because I know there's um, there's a lot of songs in the game that are directly from the first two, so they're not on the soundtrack. So even listening to the soundtrack doesn't give you the full scale of how much music is in this one unless you play it. But Death Game, it just it has this really great tempo throughout and the way the electric and bass guitars play off each other, I think are fun. and. There's even there's a few notes, a few sections where I almost got this sense of like sort of a beachy theme, and which I thought I was a little maybe I was losing it, but I did I did confirm. But parts of it reminded me weirdly of uh, Electric de Chocobo from Final Fantasy VII. There's just there's there's some notes that just make me think of that, and I don't know why, but I thought that was an interesting, strange, especially because that's not at all the context in the game. But it's it's just fascinating it's upbeat and it's chill it has this like determination which i guess makes sense again if you're trying to chase someone down so it's just a lot of fun if i didn't have any restrictions on what i wanted on the show my first pick probably would have been one of the last songs on the soundtrack because the final boss song is just incredible and the end credits theme also brings a lot of different melodies in but even though we don't technically have a limitation i didn't really want to bring a you know 12 to 13 minute song on here so Really solid, but I went with something else, and that is Death Game. I'd say that the title Death Game is ominous, but the song isn't. It's a, uh, it's very again. I've used this word before, but groovy. I think is the term that came to mind. I really love the electric guitar. Um, at around three thirty-four, like um, a couple minutes in, the strumming like gets really intense, and I thought that was really fun. Um, is it this song actually reminds me of something out of James Bond, or at least um, it's very noir-ish. And um, okay, I appreciate yeah. that you guys told me that it takes place in the city level, because that really was my knee-jerk reaction. Was like this is some kind of spy thing, like in a city at night. And yeah, so it kind of does fit the fact that Lightning is kind of pursuing Noel in the city. Um, Noel, who by this point is like a man of mystery, going by the title of Shadow Hunter or whatever. So he and Guy stand Balsar can have drinks together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a Stormblood reference. Um, but uh, but yeah, for sure, Death Death Game was a really really good song. I really I really enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, it definitely captures the sense of a chase perfectly. I think I'm not going to be able to unhear the spy music now that you've mentioned it, especially <laughs> that guitar part. Yeah, don't don't tell me that doesn't sound like dun 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 dun. Oh, dun, it definitely dun, dun, dun. does. Oh, it's extremely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're comparing it to James Bond. I'm comparing it to Final Fantasy VII Chocobos. So, well, they both go to the beach at some point. So James Bond is trading in his luxury cars for Chocobos. I'd, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd Daniel watch Craig. It. Daniel oh, Craig's yeah. just like, yeah, screw it. This is the only way you'll get me to come back now. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a real Chocobo. Mm-hmm. It's wild, too, that this song takes so many turns. Like, the instrumentation changes, like, every 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- like it, it doesn't repeat itself for like the full runtime. <laughs> uh, it's still the same melody, but it, it changes its feel 
really strongly. And yet it never feels like scattered for it. Like there is no, a cohesion. It's unified. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then my my hours of deliberation paid off. Then. Yes, it was a great choice. I I I, I think this was this was a this was a banger. I liked it more than my choice. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Ooh. that. I mean, the lightning return, like the main theme and crimson blitz, which. I think we've had on the show before. Maybe those are some of my top choices too, but you already picked it. So no, I love yours. Like why why did you pick yours? I picked it. I love the battle themes and lightning returns in general. And I just love the intensity of this one and how it kind of builds on itself. And the guitar riff is just sick. It gets sick at parts. It does. It does. If I recall correctly, does this not play on the title screen as well? I believe so. I know it plays during the tutorial stage, and I think Mm -hmm. it's the battle theme if you get really close to time running out. I see, okay. Because it is kind of a main motif, and and, um, it is very dramatic. And I just, I have this memory. Again, it might have been the title screen music, maybe it wasn't. But um, I just remember the song just punches you in the face when it kicks up. Yeah. this, this song is like, yep, it's time to go. Lightning's coming back. We got to get ready. Let's go. Mm-hmm. She's wearing sunglasses now. <laughs> she's wearing sunglasses and she's got another de- another redesign. And like, it sets an impression for the adventure to come. And fitting to the 13 soundtrack, it is also kind of groovy. Like, Lightning definitely goes clubbing and this is what plays. Yes. If it's not the title screen, it's definitely on the PS3 menu when it starts auto-playing music <laughs> when you highlight something. Because I remember that waking me up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I remember it so much, because it would do that. And then you're like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this now. Uh, it's it's so energetic and it it it's almost panicked, like yeah. in, in the speed and rhythm of it, which is a good fit for something that's like timed. It just keeps um, increasing in intensity as it goes. It's all rise. Yeah. Which, again, can, which, like you mentioned, considering that Lightning Returns is, is has a time limit and is very much about a world that's like on the brink of destruction and you're here to like sort that out is like yeah okay it makes sense that the theme would be very um motivated mm-hmm. yeah actually that that kind of fits in with what i was going to talk about although you covered different aspects of it like to me i think it's just a really great introduction to what you can expect with the game because of it's like high energy and electric electric or electronic however you want to do it uh sounds and and I don't I don't mean this in a bad way, even though it might sound like an, a bad thing. But like I think parts of the song get they're sort of messy. Like it's a little yeah. messy and chaotic, where everything is like kind of playing against each other. But that really sense. works for the game. Mm-hmm. It really gives you an idea of what to expect with this strange game you're about to play. You can almost feel the song struggling to make sense out of chaos. So it's got this <laughs> through line, and then it gets chaotic, and then it like g- glides you back in, and yep. it's a microcosm of the whole game. It is. It is. See? See, Audra? It was a really good oh, song. Thank you. I do like it, too, but <laughs> I did like that game once I heard it again. <laughs> M- Mitsudo Suzuki was like reading the Wikipedia summary of 13.2 and being like, wait, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then reading like the novellas or whatever from were those based on the first or second game i don't know they, they had them for both okay oh shoot i've read parts of them but i haven't i never got to finish them yet mm-hmm. they just started releasing those in english again actually oh nice i know there's a few for the epilogue of the lightning returns i wonder if those are going to get translated i wonder that'd be interesting it seems like they're on a kick with that lady lately we're getting a physical book of the 14 short stories the one that's that are on the low somehow i actually missed that I knew they were, they were doing another book. I didn't know it was those stories. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they, they announced that earl, uh, earlier. Uh, yeah, 
I'm, I'm excited. I, I like mm-hmm. those. They're good. Yeah. The, their efforts to turn 13 into an expanded universe didn't quite pan out. But if nothing else, they do. The books do add some additional context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember actually the thirteen two collector's edition actually came with a prequel novella, or at least my pre-ordered it. I still have it somewhere. I don't know where. Oh, really? I can see mine from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember, it was a short little book. It was like a couple chapters, but it it it, it did include little summaries of like this is what the characters were doing in the immediate aftermath of thirteen. Oh, I, I better go check that out because I might maybe I have that and I forgot I had it. Probably makes more sense than the fifteen one. <laughs> you say that, but <laughs> all right. Well, I I had fun today. I'm glad we all got to yeah, sit yeah. down and talk about this. This is a great walk down memory lane. I I I I, I I'm I, I had a good, a good time playing through these games when they were new, and this has been really fun, kind of re-experiencing some of this stuff. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to help me replay it. So coming up next, I know the last couple episodes we didn't give you a whole lot to look forward to. Um, part of that was because if you haven't heard yet, we did have our secret April Fool's episode. So please give that a listen because everyone had a great time putting that one together. Um, so that was posted, as you can imagine, on April 1st. Coming up next, though, uh, a couple weeks from now, we are doing a our long-awaited cafe episode that's been a, a popular one amongst the uh, the staff who want to do another like kind of chill episode because it's been a little while. And as someone who's personally fond of uh, cafe and chill music, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. So after cafe and chill, we might, we don't know if it's exactly happening directly after that, but we are doing a future episode on life events, like video game music and life events. So weddings or other things like just where people, you know, bring game music into their lives for special events. So I think that's going to be a fun conversation as well. Yeah, that should be fun. So, you know, look forward to those. We'll we'll have more information on exactly what's posting when later. So for now, I'm going to, I'll tease those two episodes. Um, you know, if you have some feedback on here, like I, we've been getting a little bit of feedback lately, which I love and appreciate. So if you have some feedback on this one, or if you want to tell us some of your favorite Final Fantasy 13 songs, you can you can post the comment on RPG Fan. Um, you can also email us at music at RPGFan.com. Like, we'd love to know your thoughts on this, or if you have ideas for future topics, we're always open to that. Be sure to check out the track list, um, so you can see the track list of everything that was on here today, places to buy, if we have reviews for these soundtracks. All of that will be on our post on RPGFan.com. If you want to email me directly uh, or reach me, you can email me at mike at rpgfan.com. I'm technically on some social media, but email is the best way for me. Um, What's the best way for people to reach you, Peter? Uh, Honestly, the best way you can go about reaching me is Twitter. I'm at I have fury. I post there way too often. And uh, you odds are you'll be able to uh, talk to me there. And how about you, Audra? Audra B at RPGFan.com. And Wes? Uh, You can find whatever nonsense I'm peddling at Wes Iliff on Twitter. Hey, I like your nonsense. That came out wrong, but yeah. No, I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Also, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you also check out RPG Fan's other podcasts. We have Random Encounter that posts every other Monday. That is our general podcast about rpg news and reviews and new content and features on rpg fan and every thursday we also have retro encounter as of now as you're listening retro encounter is on a slight break but that's okay because there's over 300 episodes that you can go back and listen to so you have plenty to listen to until the show comes back on 
So be sure to check that out. Um, please, you know, check us out. Follow us wherever you want to. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Twitch. We stream almost every day. So, you know, find us in all the places. We also appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. If you want to review us, subscribe to us, all that, we would appreciate it. So thank you in advance. All right. Now, someone here told me that I should have brought for our bonus track, Crazy Chocobo from Final Fantasy XIII 2. And you are not wrong because it's crazy and weird and amazing. Um, but in, in really digging into some of the side soundtracks, because all the 13 games have like a plus soundtrack with different arrangements or other things that maybe didn't land on the first soundtrack or stuff that was in DLC, I found something that I didn't know existed. So I'm I'm actually, usually we don't have everyone listen to the bonus track first, but I'm sending you guys a link right now. Just listen to part of this while I explain this. But um, so for some reason, there is an arrangement of Eternal Wind from Final Fantasy III in Lightning Returns. I don't know where it plays. I don't know why it's there, but it exists. And on the Plus soundtrack for Lightning Returns, there's even two versions. There's an English one and a Japanese one. And I think it's good. It's just strange and interesting. And it just fascinates me that it even exists. And I, I was interested and in this in general, but then I saw... I saw the artists on both of these, and I, for the life of me, would never be able to pronounce these people's names correctly. Um, so the English one is by a person named Kenneth. I just can't. I don't know. Um, so the interesting thing about these, and I'm going to put all these links in the show notes, but the English and the Japanese one are performed by... I don't want to say they're not musicians, but that's not what they're credited for. Uh, Kenneth worked in localization on some of the Final Fantasy games, on some of the first few Final Fantasy XIV expansions and Final Fantasy XV. And I'm guessing maybe he doesn't work for Square because he has no credits after that. And then the person who sung the Japanese one was like just one of the developers on this on the some Final Fantasy games. And it's like, I would love to know more about these, like how this came about. Because they have all of these musicians and like names you would recognize. And all of a sudden there's there's these people that were just part of the development or the localization team. Like, hey, why don't you uh, you want to cover Eternal Wind? Because we're doing that. And it's just bizarre to me. And I just love it. That's a good choice. That is such a strangely apt choice, considering Lightning Returns was their first attempt at an open world or semi-open world. That's really interesting. I didn't know this existed either. That's super cool. I had no idea. And this is before it became a main motif in 14 again, too. Exactly. Oh, wow. This, this, is, a, this is a killer find mike thank you for this yeah you're that's, welcome that's great see that i didn't think you'd be too upset without crazy chocobo because i'm like this is just too weird i can't believe i didn't know about this awesome yeah so anyway that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna close out with here is this eternal wind ah, what is it i'm looking at the japanese track list i think it's like eternal wind like dead dunes version from the lightning returns soundtrack plus so check that out and again thank all of you for being here and thank you everyone for listening We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. Feel the wind. 
darkness I am blind Dead by light A radiance That brings endless night Now A secret beckons Let it show us the way Together we will find the break of day Beneath the fiery sky Where the rain runs dry Let my song be lifted by the wind on record of the fact that i want want to get Jono some help oh no you've messed it up i did mess it up oh help editing by the way that sounded if you don't know the context <laughs> get some help Jono. please Jonah. we we love you